I want to uh, deeply thank our worship team for all the preparation and all the hard work they did over this holiday season to get ready to be able to sing these songs and to um, plan this program out for us as our church family. So as you guys see them later on, let them know how much you appreciate the hard work and uh, their effort. What uh, a beautiful, beautiful presentation and reminder of uh, our celebration of Christmas. So thank you guys so very much. Thank you for all the work y'all did and all the time you put into it. And so we are really blessed by it. You know, sometimes um, even as pastor, I'll come to worship service on Sunday morning right before it starts. Might be a little bit heavy thinking about certain things or might, you know, have a little bit of weight uh, on myself for one reason or another. And then all of a sudden the music starts. And we start to sing and we start to praise the Lord and uh, we start to lift him up and our thoughts begin to ascend toward him. And all of a sudden that heaviness, that burden, discouragement, whatever it is, just kind of melts away in the presence of God as we worship him. And so uh, that's uh, why, you know, I, I love our worship team so much because God uses them to facilitate that upliftedness that we feel when we come in and we begin to worship. So thank you guys so, so very much. And so with that said, I want to share just very quickly with you a passage of Scripture. Uh, Wouldn't be right on a Christmas celebration season if we didn't look at Isaiah chapter 9, one particular verse that I want to share with you. It kind of revolves the theme around all these songs that we've sung. Uh, And it's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And it says this, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. All these things are who Jesus Christ is, how he came and who he is. And when we think about what Isaiah says, we're reminded of how wonderful Uh, the Christmas gift of Christ himself is. So I want you to bow with me, and we're going to come back and and think about this passage of Scripture just for a few minutes. Father, we're so grateful and thankful to you today and humbled by the awesome knowledge of your coming to this earth, that you gave up your place for a while in heaven, that you came to the earth that you created, that you lived in a world full of sin, and then you took our sins on yourself and died for us on the cross so that we could truly, truly be reconciled to you. So, Lord, we thank you for that gift and we celebrate it in this season. Father, help us to reflect on your word this morning just for a minute and think about how wonderful this Christmas gift is. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, as you think about it, immediately Isaiah reminds us that that this gift is is given to us. It's not purchased or not deserved, but it's a free gift of God to us. He says, for unto us a child is born. Jesus came, uh, born of, of Mary, a virgin. And he came into this world in humbleness. And he came into this world for purpose. You know, when we begin to think about the gift that was given to us, let me just say to you, so often as parents, uh, maybe you've had certain times in your life or in your family's life when uh, maybe it was a little bit more of a struggle financially at your home, maybe than it is now or has been. 
And so for you to give a gift to your family or your children or your spouse or your parents or whatever, it required a little bit of a sacrifice, didn't it? You remember those days, maybe? No? Okay. Well, Jack and I can recount some. It was really a sacrifice to give. Uh, You know, when we think about this gift that's given to us, it's because of a sacrifice that God chose to make. The Bible says, for unto us a child is born. That God chose to give His one and only Son, Scripture says, so that you and I can be saved. Scripture says in John three sixteen, For God so loved the world. In other words, God loved the world in this way. So loved the world. He loved the world in this way. That He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, it's a gift of, of sacrifice. The Lord Jesus Christ gave up something To come here to this earth. Paul says that Christ gave up for a little while. That he emptied himself of his manifest glory. So that when human beings looked upon the Lord Jesus Christ while he was here on earth. That they didn't see the fullness of his glory. He emptied himself. So that he could live. And that he could teach us through his life here on earth. That was a sacrifice for him to make. If you think about what was happening in heaven throughout all of time and eternity up to this point, when Jesus Christ came to this earth, he was being worshipped and celebrated. And all heaven lived in awe of Jesus Christ. But for a while, he set all that aside and he came to this earth and that was a sacrifice for him. You see, he's a gift of sacrifice. He's also a gift of, of salvation. That without that sacrifice that he made for us, none none of us, you nor I, could be saved and have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says that we were alienated, separated from God when we were born, physically. As precious as the kids in our sanctuary are this morning, my my loud great-grandkids and all the rest of them, as precious as they are, They're sinners by nature. Innocent as they seem, they'll grow out of it. Right? And we'll see that sin nature revealed. Because we're separated from God. And we need to be reconciled to God. And that only happens through the gift that Jesus Christ is. He is our salvation. He's a gift that satisfies Not only does he satisfy our life if we have a relationship with him, but he satisfies God's holiness. Because of our sin, we've offended God. We've gone against his nature and gone against his his revelation to us. Because of that, we need to be, he needs to be satisfied. Jesus Christ does all those things. And so he's a gift that's given. But, but if you look further into what Isaiah says, not only is he a gift given, but he's the gift received. That has to be received. He says, unto us a son is given. You see, Isaiah moves from general to personal. He says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. That's more personal. So Isaiah reminds us of the personal nature of our relationship with God. Listen, if we have a relationship with God, it's not a cold relationship. It's it's not a distant relationship. God isn't far away. He's near. 
He's not somewhere out in the universe just managing his creation. God is God who wants you and I to know him personally. And be devoted and passionate to him. So the Bible says a son was given. How do we receive that son? Or how do we receive that gift? Of course we receive him by faith, don't we? Look at the first people that received baby Jesus, right? How about Mary and Joseph? You talk about a step of faith. Angel comes to Mary and says, Hey, Mary, guess what? God's chosen you. You're favored. You're going to be the mother of, of the Christ child. And I don't know about you, but I'd be scratching my head. You said you did say favored, right? Of course, Mary's response was faith. She believed, first of all, that it was possible for her not to know a, a man and still conceive. And she believed that by faith that was possible. And Angel Gabriel told her, with God, all things are possible. But also she believed by faith it was right for her to serve God in that way. Joseph, how about him? You know, here he's looking forward to his wedding, his wife, his new marriage, new relationship they would have. And all of a sudden, Mary... Or the angel comes to Joseph and says, Hey, Joseph, I've got a little bit of more information before your wedding. Some of you guys know about weddings, right? They're the most special day, aren't they? I'm, I didn't mean to do that. I don't mean. I, listen, they are special. There's no question about it. They're special. But we look forward with longing and anticipation to the, the, that very particular day. And I'm sure Joseph was counting down the days, you know. Hey, it's not going to be long. The Mary and I are going to be married. We're going to be a couple. We're going to live uh, as a husband and wife. It's going to be great. And then all of a sudden, Daniel says, hey, what? guess what, Joseph? Before that happens, <laughs> Mary's going to have a baby. And this baby is going to be supernaturally conceived of the Holy Spirit. So don't worry about her commitment and her faithfulness to you. Because this is about God. And by faith, Joseph, hey, okay, uh, sounds a little different, but I'll wait. And so they received him by faith. What about the shepherds? Do you remember them? That's a line that's read about or recited about. He said there were certain shepherds in the field watching by night. Angel came to them, gave them the message of, Peace and goodwill toward men, and Savior is born to you in this city of, uh, today in this city of David. And wh- what did the shepherds do when the angels left? They said, We've got to go check this out. We've got to go see what this thing the angels said. And by faith, they got up from where they were and they went into the city of Bethlehem or the village of Bethlehem. And they sought out the Christ child. Faith. Matthew chapter 2, there's another group of guys that come looking for Jesus Christ, the, the wise men, the magi. And so for months they journeyed from afar. Right? From, in other words, they came a long way to find this baby child. How, why did they do that? By faith. By faith. How do you and I connect in our journey with Jesus Christ today? By faith. By believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, they received him in faith. You know, something that's common to all of their experiences as well, not only did they receive him as faith, 
But they reverenced him in fear. Every one of these, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, the wise men, when they saw the baby Jesus, they reverenced him in fear. They, they were in wonder and amazement of who he was and the fact that he was born. Not only that, but they also rejoiced in the future because they saw in this special baby a future. You and I as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ see him in that same kind of way. He is our future. The Bible says one day he's coming again. And scripture reminds us he'll come again in glory. He'll come again uh, in, in absolute uh, Incredible, unbelievable majesty. The Lord Jesus Christ, he'll come that way in the future. And so the gift has to be received. Every one of us here today have to receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And then finally, let me just one more thing about what Isaiah says. As we think about and celebrate this Christmas gift. Is that the gift is, is described. He gives some information about him, doesn't he? Listen to what he says. He says uh, about this Christ child. He says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Here's how he describes him. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, Isaiah begins to describe his leadership. He says the government will be upon his shoulders. You know, that word for government is just, just, just simply leadership. That not only will Jesus Christ, yes, he'll establish a government on this earth. Yes, he'll establish it in righteousness and justice. Yes, he'll do that somewhere in the future. But let me tell you, his leadership doesn't start in the future, but it begins the moment that we accept him as our personal Savior. That Jesus Christ is Lord. That we... Submit to His leadership in our life. In other words, we follow His example. We follow His truth. We follow His His ways. And so He becomes our our leader. And so we surrender, submit to His leadership. Isaiah saw Him as that one who would bear the mantle of leader, not only for his church and for his creation, but for his people. He is leadership. And then he goes on and describes not only his leadership, but he also describes his loveliness. I'm going to tell you, there's just something beautiful about Jesus Christ. Incredibly beautiful about our Lord Jesus Christ. And Isaiah says in his name, or our understanding of Him is the fact that He's wonderful. Now, the word wonderful is really unique in the sense that it also can mean miracle or to be set in amazement or awe. That's who Jesus Christ is. In other words, as we know Him and as we experience Him in our life, the the only thing that we can respond with that's anywhere close to being adequate is to be in awe of Him. 
is to be so taken back by who he is and his love for us and his activity in our lives that we're just stepping back in in wonder and amazement of who the Lord Jesus Christ is. You know, sometimes those moments are a little bit stronger than others, aren't they? Sometimes we can live a lot of our life just in not realizing or kind of unconscious to Jesus Christ. (laughs) And all of a sudden, some things will happen. We'll hear a song, we'll read a passage of Scripture, or God will just do something miraculous in our life or amaze us with a blessing, however it comes. And then all of a sudden, we're caught in that sense of wonder, aren't we? I mean, wow. God, you're awesome. You're just incredible. And so Isaiah says, hey, here's the one. Here's who he is. He's the God of wonder. Well, not only that, but he says his name is Counselor. Uh, Nowhere in any resource will we ever find any wisdom that comes close to the wisdom of God. I mean, the Bible... But, of course, the Bible's the Word of God, isn't it? And so we, we see that sense of counsel. Now, you, you know, our world's pretty confused today, isn't it? I mean, if we're honest, uh, some of you got to be scratching your head and say, what in the world's going on here? Well, what's going to fix that for our world? It's going to be the counsel of the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? It's going to be His truth lived out in our lives that explains the things that are happening around us. And so he's, he's a wonderful, he's a wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. Uh, the word mighty means all powerful God. He's the everlasting father. In other words, Jesus Christ is always being, he is and always will be. Uh, father is a word that means originator or beginner. Jesus Christ is the beginning of creation of salvation, he's the end of salvation, of eternity. And and so in that he is he is the everlasting Father. And then finally Isaiah says he's the Prince of Peace. <laughs> the Prince of Peace. How how much do we need that today, right? A a Prince of Peace. Uh someone to to rule in our heart. In the book of Colossians, Paul describes him as, as, as that, that God is the, the referee in our life. <laughs> in other words, he, he comes in and he quietens things down and he gets things back in order and he gets things moving forward. Uh, any of you guys had to be a referee uh, in your kids' lives? You had to come in and break, break up a disagreement or you had to come in and and, and, and settle a squabble or a dispute or anything like that. Well, that's what Jesus Christ does in our life. When our lives are in turmoil, when the storms are raging, Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. When our world is conflicted and confusing, what does He do? He gives us the peace that surpasses understanding. Jesus promised His disciples before He left, Peace I leave you, and not the peace of this world, but the kind of peace that I give to you. And that's who he is, the Prince of Peace. That's who we celebrate. That's the gift that we have. I don't know what kind of gifts you have under the tree today. I, you know, even if I knew what they are, I'd probably have a tough time describing them to you. 
as we look at what Isaiah says about the gift that Jesus Christ is, he gives a perfect description. He's our leader, and he is lovely. Bow with me, if you would, this morning we're going to pray. Father, I want to thank you so much this morning for this celebration of worship and music today. God, we're able to be a part of a service that lifted up the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you set our hearts and our minds and thoughts on what a gift that you are today. That you are truly the indescribable gift that the Bible says you are. And Lord, I just pray as we come into this week, as we celebrate Friday, Christmas, that God, we would just put that thought first before everything else. Father, we all have family traditions. We know that about Christmas. But Lord, I pray that we would elevate the the tradition of, of you as Lord and Savior of our life. That it be our passion for this Christmas celebration. And that we lift you up. And Lord, I pray and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand this morning as we close.